Welcome to Daybreak Devotions, a podcast version of the daily radio ministry of the McLeansville Baptist Church with your host, Pastors Mike Barnett and Corey Cantrell. this Friday. It's Friday fun day. It's Friday fun day with a little jingly sound. That's right. December the 1st has arrived and as promised here on Daybreak Devotions, we are your source for Christmas spirit. We we brought it with us. We brought it. We're, we, we're delivering it. It is yours. Listen, I got to be honest. I was a little nervous yesterday when you announced that we'd be doing a big Christmas episode on Friday fun day because I thought... I just had a hard time getting in the spirit, but last night, put up the Christmas tree at the Cantrell Casa, getting everything ready for this broadcast today, it's going to be good. And just in case you're not there yet, hit that rooster one more time. Take it away, Sergeant Carter. Oh, yes. And... If that doesn't do it, friends, we've got so much in store today. Uh, we are going to really, there's nobody, if there is a Grinch listening right now, prepare yourself. Your heart is about to explode 10 times larger than it was. You'll be ready to lift Santa's sleigh by yourself by the time this bad boy's all said and done. So what do we got in store for today? Well, first of all, this is Pastor Mike Barnett and Pastor Corey Cantrell of the McLeansville Baptist Church, your host with the Jingle Jangle. And as our special guest on this first Friday of December, we have Pastor Matthew Jones from Faith Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. Welcome, Pastor Jones. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. And uh, Pastor Jones, we got the jingle and the jangle. What do you bring? I have no idea. He's speechless. He's, he's the jolly. Oh, he's the jolly. He's the jolly to our jingle and jangle. Uh-huh. Well, anyway, so we've got a lot of things lined up. First of all, this let me introduce what's going to happen over the month of December. So every Friday leading up to Christmas, we're going to have a special holiday Friday fun day edition. And each week, we're going to bring you a top ten list. Now, will this always be a top ten? What? Oh, I, this is, I'm just excited about the news. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. Nobody knows huge. what's happening except me. Yeah. Me and the Lord. And I'm hoping he'll bless my ideas. <laughs> but whatever, yeah, every Friday for Friday Fun Day, we're going to bring you a top ten list, and we've got one for today. They'll all be Christmas themed, and uh, they won't necessarily be of any spiritual uh, worth, but they'll be fun. Which because is, a merry heart doeth good that's like right. a medicine. That is spiritual. Ho 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 ho! <laughs> Occasionally, a sound effect of Santa will resound. All right, so wait a minute, wait a minute. Be- breaking news. Before we go into the Christmas Mad Libs, I've got something for you guys. Aww. I, I told you it was way back on St. Patrick's Day that we had a special little St. Patrick's Day celebration with some refreshments. Well, today I'm coming through for you once again. I have brought you some Polar Express cocoa. Hot dog! All right, here it comes. Here it comes. I have Polar Express mocha Hot chocolate, peppermint mocha hot chocolate. Whoa. Here it is, delivered especially right. by my dear wife. Thank you. That's right, my own recipe brought to each and every one of you. Well, this is fantastic. Too bad our listeners can't see this. You know, if we, 
upped our game. Thank you so much. We upped our game and turned this into a video production. Man, our listeners, they'd be salivating right here. Just, just, just raise a glass, would you? That's it, right there. All right, everybody wants you to get your first sip of this and let me know what you think. That is fantastic. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's rich. You know what this makes me think of? A line from one of my favorite Christmas movies. I love Coco. Yeah, bring me some more. Also a little side of peppermint bark to go along with it. That is just splendid. You have outdone yourself, sir. Outdone yourself. So everybody enjoy the little uh, peppermint mocha hot cocoa. And uh, if you want to know my special uh, uh, recipe, well, just write us at daybreakdevotion at gmail.com. Beg, plead, offer money, and I may consider telling you what my recipe is. I'm telling you, what a beverage, what a Friday fun day. What a dental bill. We are only beginning, (laughs) and I tip my hat to you from one legend to another. Uh, So, uh, we're having a great time here. We have kicked off the Christmas holiday season. Hope, Matthew Jones. Yes, sir. uh, You've been over there quietly enjoying a little peppermint. I'm afraid for you right now, to be honest with you, because I know the kind of strict dietary lifestyle you live and i know what you just drink yeah that's a lot of sugar but i did drink it <laughs> there was not much uh carnivorousness in this at all nope. no you got your carbs for the week right there buddy uh, i'm afraid he's gonna flip out hey by the way you're missing one of the most important parts now i should have told you if you drop the peppermint stick in the end of the hot cocoa you found the one that was in there oh i thought it was the bottom of that one there no there was yeah there was another one in the bottom but mm. that one also because they get soft and chewy. Mm-hmm. Oh, my, 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 my. Softer, George. It's more effective. Oh, my, 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 my. There's a lot of people out there that would not guess that I would drink something like this. For the record, I've never drank this before until last night when I tested out a recipe. Oh. And I made it up myself just for the record. And I may never drink it again. Well. But it was good for today. It would be a shame if you never drank it again. Well, I don't know. There's that. I did the. I did the math. That's about 360 calories right there. It's the holidays. Yeah, it's always a special occasion. <laughs> Waking up is a special occasion. Yes, it is. Well, we've got another uh, exciting thing we want to do for the holiday occasion today, and then we're going to get down to a little Bible study time. We're going to be talking about unity in the church. Well, that's a good thing to talk about at Christmas. Yes, it is. But before we go there, this will be the first. Fun, Friday Fun Day Top 10 list of the Christmas season. And today, we want to do the Top 10 Christmas Movies, our list, Top 10 Christmas Movies of all time. So what we'll do, we'll go through the list. I'll, I'll read off. We'll go from 10 all the way to 1. And whichever of us made that contribution, I'll let you say a word about why that movie matters and why it should be on the list. All right. All right, so here we go. Number 10. Kicking this thing off is The Shop Around the Corner, starring James Stewart. And I was the one that contributed that one. And neither one of you have seen it. But as I asked you, and maybe the listening audience has also seen, if you've ever watched You've Got Mail, starring Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, it's a more modern version of The Shop Around the Corner. But basically, it's about a little group of people working in a little Christmas store and uh, or a little shop at Christmas time, and James Stewart's sort of like the store manager. And anyway, it, it's it's funny. It's got a great cast. It's got a great storyline to it, and it's very Christmassy. The whole thing. It's actually got some drama and some some tension in it, also, which 
you know, the You've Got Mail does as well. And so I definitely recommend the shop around the corner. You get some Jimmy Stewart. You get some Jingle Jangle. What 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 else could you eat? Is the You Got Mail version a Christmas movie? It is set around Christmas, I think. I'm but, not as familiar with it. But Little Shop Around the Corner is a bona fide, like... Not Little Shop Around the Corner. You're, you're, you're mixing up the Little Shop of Horrors or something. Oh, yeah, sorry. The Shop, the around, shop the around the Corner. The Shop Around the Corner. But that is like a legit. Some people Christmas put Gremlins movie. on their Christmas movie list. There's a, yeah, that's the same weird people that consider Die Hard a Christmas movie. Yeah, we won't go there. Get used to different. That's right. Number nine. Well, number nine uh, is one that I think many people will jump in on. It's the Christmas Carol. Now, however, Matthew Jones, you contributed this one, and you specifically selected a certain one. I didn't look it up, but I want to say this is either a late 1970s, early 1980s version. Yeah, I'm not sure. George C. Scott plays the main character. Um, I just grew up watching that one, and I like that one. I don't think I've ever watched any other one other than that. Isn't he the same guy that played Patton? Yeah. yeah. Uh, same kind of character in this one? Scrooge, Patton, are they? I don't know. It sounds yeah, probably I, a typecast. Wow, did you just compare one of the greatest generals in American history to Scrooge? I'm just saying, they were both pretty intense. It might have been intense, but, you know, Scrooge wouldn't do nothing for nobody. Look, one man's intensity is another man's anger. (laughs) I reckon. (laughs) All right, so there you have it. That's number nine. Number eight. Number eight, all the little kitties and all of you that are, especially the uh, Gen X and millennials that are now grown up, will have to go back to 1990. For Home Alone, the very first edition. And this was your contribution, uh, AP, Corey yeah. Cantrell. That, that was kind of mine and Matthew's together. Yeah. Um, Home Alone was, that was just one of those movies that you enjoyed watching as a child. It was funny. It had some cheap laughs. Had a tarantula. Had a tarantula. That was creepy. I wasn't a big tarantula fan. But, you know, it was good that the people that were trying to selfishly exploit the holiday season they got their comeuppance by an unbeknownst source. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Hollywood producers that made that movie who were trying to exploit the holiday season for profit. Uh, no, they profited oh. and continue to profit. Well, don't forget, those wet bandits were a hit. Yes, they were. Number seven. Number seven is disputable because, honestly, on my personal list, it's right up there in the top five. But we'll get it number seven, and that is The Santa Claus 2. The Santa Claus 2. Okay. So the Santa Claus 2. Why the Santa Claus 2? I have this fixation with the second movie in a number of franchises. Yes. The original Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man 2, best of all time. Probably, it's definitely in the top three best superhero movies of all time. The Dark Knight. Ah, well, I guess I'm off on that one. It's actually The Dark Knight Rises. That'd be number three, wouldn't Mm -hmm. it? Well, but here's here's the thing. They kind of have in line with them the Rocky II story. Rocky, Rocky II. But anyway, what it's about is the hero having to make some decisions. Uh, In Santa Claus II, he has to decide whether he's going to continue to be the Santa Claus or not, right? No. Well, that's Santa Claus III. That's Santa Claus III. Scratch that whole thing. I like the Santa Claus II, but forget (laughs) my comparison to the other movies. It's just a great movie. Number six. Man, I can't believe I blew that. Getting all my movies confused. That was a total obliteration of number seven. Let me redeem myself. Number six was also my contribution. But I put a, uh, it's got another asterisk beside it. I put the preacher's wife, but I had to put slash the bishop's wife. Why? Because the bishop's wife's the original, starring Cary Grant. 
And you can't talk about this movie without talking about the original with Cary Grant. I mean, it's just great. Dudley is the angel that comes down to help this local minister who's not only having problems with his church, but having problems with his marriage. And in The Preacher's Wife, the newer edition that came out probably in, I don't know, early 2000s, maybe, something like mm-hmm. that, uh, it stars Denzel Washington as Dudley the Angel and Whitney Houston as the, the Preacher's Wife. And boy, I tell you what, that one will make your allergies act up a little bit. Or get it get you right in the field. Yeah, but you don't want to, look, you don't want to get through the holiday season without watching one of these. And I recommend both. All right. Number five. Number five is all Matthew Jones. Little women. Ah. And which version the audience wants to know? The I think twenty nineteen, the latest one that I know of. Uh I liked it better than the other ones because they go through the ending more thorough with the main character uh finally finding her mate and actually getting married and shows what happens at the end. It was like a true love thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, True love's kiss. So is this the, have you read the book, Little Women? No. uh, I can't remember if if I started to or not, but no, I haven't. Oh, well. Okay. Well, there you have it. Number five, Little Women. I didn't even know it was Christmas. Number four. Number four is The Santa Claus. The original, the first, original the Santa one. Claus. Not yes. to be confused with number two or number three That's or Rocky right. four. No, none of that. <laughs> the first one. That one was always one of my favorite ones, and I still like it because, I mean, as a child, you know, it's it's Tim Allen, you know, so that was right in the Home Improvement day. So it was a funny movie to watch. But now as an adult, I mean, you've got this guy who is, he's really wrapped up just in trying to trying to make it, trying to be successful, you know, living the dream. He wants to be a good dad for his son. He knows the relationship is not what it ought to be, but he's floundering. He's trying all the wrong things, and he's he's watching his relationship with his son deteriorate. And then, wouldn't you know it, fate deals him the perfect opportunity, and he capitalizes on it. Even though he doesn't want to, he capitalizes on it, and it restores his relationship with his son, actually helps to mend some of the fracture of his ex-wife and her husband. I mean, all in all, it's just a good festive holiday flick. Well, that was quite a review, and I think you stayed true to the movie you were talking about. Yes, I did. Which I would (laughs) say is wonderful. Okay. Number three. Number three, Matthew, you and I both had this on our list, and that is, and I put it in there for a categorical reason, White Christmas. Mm -hmm. Snow, 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 snow. It won't be long before we'll all be there with snow. Oh, I got ahead of it. Yeah. All right. So, uh, White Christmas, I've already said. I did it for the categorical, it's a musical for Christmas. What was your reason? I just love the movie. It's one of my favorite movies, uh, apart from it just being Christmas. I mean, even just in movies in general, I'll watch it anytime I see it come on, uh, which is rare, but... You know, if you watch, if you if it's a movie that's a Christmas movie that you'll watch any time, that definitely is on the top list. Well, yep. it, it reminds me a lot of my grandmother as far as when I first time I ever seen even part of the movie was when I went to see her in the rest home, and it was mm-hmm. it happened to be on, and it just kind of brings back some memories. Oh well, that's very good. A movie of that uh, that genre and that era has the potential of doing mm-hmm. that. All right, that was number three. Number two. You know, I've got a question for you there, uh, Pastor Corey Cantrell. All right. Twice this week you've mentioned bucket list. 
Uh, I think it was yesterday you said your bucket list was to sing on one of those machines that lets you do all the parts and harmonizes it. Yep. And then a day or two before you said it was on your bucket list to go to New York City in December. And walk in and announce yeah, world's but best cup of coffee. Here's my question. Okay. A bucket list is a list of things that you want to do before you kick the bucket. Yep. But being as how we're going to live forever, and we've talked about should Christians have a bucket list, the only thing that could be on your bucket list are things that you won't be able to do in eternity. Yep. And if you can't do it in eternity because you're completely sold out to God, is it anything you should be doing right now? That's my question. Well, when you put it that way, you just <laughs> suck the joy right out of the holidays. Wow. <laughs> I had that deep thought the other day and held on to it. Thanks a lot for holding on to it right before my movie hits anyway, the list. Anyway, number two is... Elf. And why? Oh, man. That is like... Hi, buddy. <laughs> that's the epitome of just... It's it's just jovial all the way through. No pun intended. Yeah, no (laughs) pun intended. I mean, you can't help but watch that movie and just be filled with Christmas spirit. Yeah, I don't I don't like the main character that plays him in in general, but I will watch that that one movie with him in it. Uh, oh, so you don't there. you don't like the actor? Yeah, I don't like him. Okay, but okay. I'll watch that one movie. I can respect him. that, but it's yeah. hard not to it's like Santa. Yeah, it's hard not yeah. to like Buddy the Elf. Yeah, oh yeah, Buddy. Yeah, yeah. he's great. Oh, I'm I'm with you. All right, well, there's number two, Elf, and boy, if you don't watch Elf this year, Associate Pastor Corey Cantrell, McLeansville Baptist Church, will be upset. With I you. might fall plumb off the wagon. It's time. Number one. Here it is. And it's no surprise to our listeners around here. Not one iota. Yay! Yay! Hello, Bedford Falls! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas, George! Merry Christmas, George! Merry Christmas, movie house! Merry Christmas, Emporium! Merry Christmas, you wonderful old Billy alone! Hey! Merry Christmas, Mr. Potter! Happy New Year to you! In jail! Go on home, they're waiting for you! Oh, you gotta... You gotta enjoy that, and we had to get it all the way to, to Mr. Potter. Happy New Year to you in jail. Oh, oh. it's a wonderful life, right? Number one Christmas movie of all time. Everybody in the room agrees except probably Pastor Corey Cantrell. I don't disagree. It's just not the top of my list. It's not the greatest showman. Oh, my goodness, man. Let it go. (laughs) Anyhow, I have no problem with that being the number one movie. So, again, just because it's not number one on my list, I don't have the emotional attachment because I've only... Just recently watched it for the first time. It was a couple of years ago. It's so, sad. So, but it's right up there on up to the top of my list. I'm perfectly fine with that being number one. So I, I just love. It's like you said about um, White Christmas. For me, it's just the movie itself. Take away the fact that it's a Christmas themed movie. It's just a life movie. Mm-hmm. And I have for all these years, I've related to the character of George Bailey, and he's a very relatable character. If you're Anybody that's ever had hopes and dreams about doing something big in your life and get distracted by the visions of grandeur and, and, and you overlook the reality of what a wonderful life you have right in front of your eyes. I remember when I was a kid, uh, Nickelodeon would have a Christmas in July. And, uh, and uh, so I, I sometimes watch that movie in July just to, you know, just to think about that. But I, like, like 
uh, White Christmas. I can watch It's Wonderful Life any time of the year. The problem is, is I don't watch it any time of the year because I got to save it. It's got to yeah. be saved. It's just it's it's sacred. It's one of those that if you enjoyed it too much, you would realize that you weren't enjoying it as much. Oh, that's es profundo. Es, es profundo. Yeah, yes. that too. I actually uh, I, I taped taped it on a cassette tape one oh, time. Oh, that's old school. And uh, so I could listen to it on in the car when I was driving. That's and an audio book before there were audio or books. Or it's a uh, old time radio podcast. It thing. sure is. So you can actually go. There's several uh, podcasts that will feature that the old radio version of that that was put out back in 1943 or whatever. I think the same actors. Yeah, uh, had Jimmy Stewart, had uh, Donna Reed. Donna Reed. Probably some of the others. I don't know if they were all the same, but yes, very good. And we've listened to that on the on the radio traveling to family Christmas gatherings in the last couple of years. So it's a different production. It's not just the the audio of the movie. Like it's actually like yeah, it's it was done for radio. Oh. Well, there's your top ten movie list from uh, Daybreak Devotions on this Friday Fun Day edition, December the first, two thousand twenty three. You know, I am just about ready to crash. Uh, I think the, uh, the the mocha, peppermint mocha, hot cocoa uh, stirred me up and now is letting me down. Huh. Yeah, but we're going we're gonna to push through because we've got... Oh, you know what I didn't do? I wanted to make some honorable mentions. Can I have a minute to do that? Absolutely. Because a lot of people are out there right now saying one of two things. Either, will you guys please just go to the Bible? Or they're saying, you left off some of my favorite movies, and I don't want to disappoint anybody. So just in case yours didn't get mentioned, here are some honorable mentions. Holiday Inn, The Christmas Story, Jingle All the Way. I promise I'll be there. I'll be there. Charlie Brown Christmas, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Burl Ives Edition. Yep. The Muppets Christmas Carol, or A Muppet Christmas Carol. It pains me to say it, but A Year Without Santa Claus. Why does that pain you so much to say it? That's an awful movie. I've never seen it. Then you can't comment. That's on why it. I know how awful it is. I won't even watch the thing. That is, listen. Of course, I've never seen the Christmas story either. That wouldn't be your style of movie. But one last honorable mention: Batman Returns. What? Yep. Remember Penguin, Catwoman, Batman Returns. It's Christmas. Yeah, sure. And is. it's the second Batman movie in that franchise, and probably the best. Although Jack Nicholson was good. All right, so uh, Brother Matthew Jones, we brought you in today to help us not only celebrate Christmas and kicking off December, but also to talk about the blessing of church unity. So just for a few minutes, we want to leave you with something to think about. Matter of fact, in the spirit of Christmas and gift giving, one of the greatest gifts we could give one another is to seek out true unity in the church. And we've been thinking about this a lot. I think Matthew, you've been thinking about this because you were quick to jump on the idea when I presented it and had some thoughts. But Psalm 133, you know, you go to this as a, as a key passage, key text, because it says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments. As the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing even life forevermore. So what is unity? A very basic and biblical definition, unity means a unit, oneness, to be one. So how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. I think people read this verse 
and just think, yeah, man, that's great. I love it. I love that the brethren are in unity. And we just kind of have this mindset that it's a given. Like that, you know, anywhere there's Christians, there there's unity, right? I don't think that's true. As a matter of fact, I think the language of the verse, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity, lends itself to the fault of this is not a given nor easy thing. And I think it's almost even kind of revealed of like it's a rarity. Like, man, how good it is to have a, a weekend off. How good it is to when you fill in the blank. It's it's not an all-the-time thing, but when you get it, oh, man, this was great. And I think it's in that way that you read about unity. Well, just, just think about what the conditions of unity are that are given in this verse. Brethren. Okay, so that's first. got to be mm-hmm. brothers. There's a kindred. you got to be of the same. And right there, there's a number of things you could talk about. In fact, the comp- the um, the New Testament text that goes along with this, the yep. complementary text, mm-hmm. am I saying that right? Yep. Is Ephesians chapter 4. And the word unity is not found a lot in the Scriptures, but here it is. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So there is um, the idea of unity presented, and then Paul kind of fleshes that out by going on and saying there's one body, one spirit, you're called in one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. So we're talking about the oneness or the sameness of brethren. That's a condition of unity. Yeah, it just makes sense that the, the how he explains it, that if there's somebody that's not in unity, how awkward it would look for you know the... The, uh, a, an arm to be out of joint or something. Uh, there's you got the pain and you also got the disfigurement of it. So unity is just natural for the church, uh, but it's rare. And that really leads into the next condition that's in Psalm 133, um, when he says, "Brethren, to dwell together, uh, to dwell." That word "dwell" means to sit down together and to settle into it. Now, if you're sitting with someone. There's, there's a couple of ways that you end up sitting down with somebody. If you say to, uh, to your son who's been causing trouble, son, come here and sit down. You're not going to settle into that. You're going to be on edge, right? Somebody's mm-hmm. on edge. Or you can have the kind of thing like, hey, man, come over here and sit with me. And that's settling into something. Take a load off. Yeah, so dwelling, the, the biblical word here means to settle. In other words, we're not on edge. When we are together as brethren, we are relaxed, we are, we're, we're trusting, we're vulnerable. Those are words we've talked about. It's an occasion where I can be at peace, I can be at rest. I don't have to be on the defensive with you because we are dwelling here. So is it safe to say then that if you're not settled in and you are on edge and there's a lack of trust, you don't have unity? Absolutely, because it's, it's one of the conditions so brethren dwell, and then the word together is a whole separate word, but it's actually very much the same as the word unity. So together in unity could be like one word in the Hebrew, and it's that word that means a unit or as one. So if we read it in the literal translation, my way of saying it, it would be brothers who sat down and settled together as one. Hmm. Now that has a very inviting sound to it but the point of unity has to be outside of any one person in the group our point of unity 
our point, point in which we all come together in, has to be the love of Christ. That's ha- that has to be what unites us. So if some people love the church, traditionally or otherwise, I just, man, I just love church. Well, loving church won't unite you with the person that loves Christ. Mm-hmm. Not, in other words, that can't be the point of union because you won't be united. One person's loving church, the idea of church. I just love getting together. I just, I love the music. I love the whole vibe, man. You see, that's not the same thing as loving Christ. There's really only one way that brethren can have unity, and that is that has to be in the love of Christ. He has to be the uniter. Right? Wrong? It is kind of funny. Does that not make sense? Does make sense? It does, because it's like if my union is on that I like church, I am awkward around people that don't do church the same way that I do. I can't really talk or I'm on edge. But if the union is is Jesus, well, I am less awkward. Maybe if somebody doesn't do church the exact same way I do, they've got a different flavor or a different style. They sing different in their church. But the union is Christ. Well, I still have now common ground, even though there may not be that exact thing. I think that's why we have such fragmentation, even in Christendom, why we've got so many different denominations, because our true unifier is our church style rather than the Jesus in which we all claim to be serving. Makes a lot of sense. Colossians chapter 2. I'll just read the one verse at the end of this section, but verse 10, or let me read verse 9 and 10. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, that's Jesus, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. So to the point you just made, if it's the, if it's the love of a certain religious practice or, the, or a certain style, a particular style of church, that won't unify us. But if we're unified in Christ, then, and I think the perfect example of this we talked about before is is my chaplain friends. Mm-hmm. You know, we all came from different denominational backgrounds, and yet we were united. We were a team. We were one. And there was a unity among that group of men, even though we all came from different denominations, uh, might have preached from different Bible versions, might have preferred a different type of music, and yet we all found a oneness. We didn't like everything about each other. We annoyed each other at times. I mean, and yet we were one. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're supposed to have in the church, right? Exactly. But yeah. do you think it's because sometimes we think of the church as my church? Oh, definitely. Like, we don't think about the church as the body of Christ. We think about the church as my church. This is my church. Yeah, we think, we think of the building, not the, not the actual body of Christ. Yeah. And even if we think of the people in it, we think of the people in that particular building. Yeah. Now, yeah. that is where we want to have our unity. I don't want to be misleading in that. And I think my point actually is more to putting the church as the higher priority than Jesus. Yes. It's my church. This is my church. I want my church to do well. Wait a minute. It's not your church. It's, it's Jesus' church, and it's only a church when it's united around Jesus. Yeah. And so we, we can actually overlook things about each other that are different because we're united in him. Yeah, if you're united in Christ, you wouldn't care if the church carpet was changed to a different color. Yeah, you just didn't like it. That's that's just a building. We're we're not united because of the church. We're united because of Christ. Although I mean, you could make an argument that if you came in on Sunday and half the room had pink carpet and half the room had a sort of a puke green carpet, I mean, we might not like that. 
sounds pretty psychedelic. You know, Matthew just looks at me like um like he ain't even get. He's like, I got it. I got that it. don't make no <laughs> sense. Can we just move forward? So all of this, think about the the what unity's goodness is, how good and how pleasant. And I know we got to wrap up today's program. How good and how pleasant. Paul called it the unity of the spirit, Ephesians 1 or Ephesians 4, 3. But in this psalm, it says it is pleasant. That means delightful. It brings a sweetness to the brotherhood. It is precious like the ointment of Aaron. Uh, that means it's, it's very good and it's the oil of anointing. That means that it is God's favor being poured out on the church. And then it's like the dew of Hermon. You think about dew. Dew's a very gentle, very... It's beautifying. When you when you see dew in the sunrise in the morning, it just makes everything look bright and vibrant, and it's very life-giving. One of the amazing things about verse 3, I haven't fleshed this all out myself in great detail, but the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion is a geographical oddity. Hmm. It actually couldn't happen in the real life because they're not the same place, same thing. So it's there's something being stated here about the supernatural quality of, of unity in other words we cannot concoct this because i think as we wrap this up today maybe the question is well okay well how do we do it how do we how do we make unity in the church how can i be one with my brothers well you got to go back i think it was is it oswald chambers that or or um the pursuit of holiness or the aw tozer or tozer i think it was tozer that said if you want unity he said, "You can. How did he, what was the illustration about a hundred pianos tuned to to one another? Yeah. yeah, but if you tune, if all of them get tuned to, to the, the same, same fork. fork, so if I tune to that same fork and your piano tunes to that same fork and your piano tunes to that same fork, all those pianos will be tuned to one another. Yeah, versus trying to get all the pianos just aligned, that would take forever and never work. And in the same way, in the church, how are we going to have unity? Every single one of us have to do." that personal responsibility of aligning our heart in the pursuit of Jesus Christ. And it's that pursuit of Jesus Christ from my heart that aligns me with you in, and your pursuit of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And until we do that, there will be no unity. So the intentional unity with Christ gives us the unintentional unity with each other. Yeah, and that's a great way to say it. I, I think it's fair to say it doesn't have to be intentional unity with each other. It just will happen. Right. It's the supernatural quality of the dew of Hermon Descending on the mountains of Zion, because God's the one that's going to make it happen. Well, why does that have anything to do with us kick off of the Christmas season? Well, it is the Christmas season, and if there's ever a time to get focused on Jesus and aligning our heart with him, it's definitely right now during the season that we're in. By the way, Advent starts this Sunday. Yeah, December the 3rd. I thought it started this past Sunday. Nope, December the 3rd. Oh, that makes me feel better. I thought I was behind. Nope, you're not behind. All you're right. right on time. Good deal. Well, we hope you had a wonderful day, friends. Hope you've enjoyed our uh, Friday Fun Day kickoff. Thanks to Pastor Matthew Jones for being here with us today. We look forward to seeing you next time. And we thank you for joining us on today's program. We hope that you'll tune in with us each and every day right here on Daybreak Devotions as Pastor Mike and I will discuss various topics in God's Word. If you've got any questions, comments, we would love to hear from you at daybreakdevotion at gmail.com.